Welcome to Chapters of Motherhood. This is a weekly podcast about this hashtag mom life that is motherhood with all the struggles, chaos, and true blessings that come with the title mom. I am your host, Veronica. At 17 years old, I became a mom for the first time. And at 41, I had a water birth for my fifth baby. The goal of this podcast is to share with you my motherhood experience and hopefully help you realize that you are not alone in your own mom life journey. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, working mom, or a single mom, from potty training struggles, bedtime snuggles, and everything in between, the good, the bad, and the ugly, I share your frustrations and your joys. Every week is a different chapter of motherhood. Hi friends, I just wanted to pop in real quick and tell you about this amazing skincare line that I've been using. It's called Halo Skincare. Their main ingredient is the Nobel Prize winning Epidural Growth Factor or EGF, mixed with marine life and botanicals. Their tagline is meditation for the skin, bringing the inner glow to the face. And you know what, they're not kidding. I immediately saw a radiant glow in my face and after two weeks of using their five-step routine, my pores were visibly smaller, The fine lines around my eyes were plumped and smoothed out, and there was even an improvement with my rosacea. No more flare-ups since I've been using Halo. It's cruelty-free, free of mineral oil, linoleum, or petroleum. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll see the drastic difference in my eyelids. They're lifted. My skin is firmer, and I have a beautiful, natural glow. And I can offer you a 25% discount just for being a listener of the show. Enter the promotional code PODCAST25, and I will link in the website and the code on the show notes. Now, back to our conversation. Chapter 19, Mama Bear. Welcome back to Chapters of Motherhood podcast. I'm excited to announce that I had had a thousand downloads a few weeks ago. Actually, it was probably a month ago. And I wanted to celebrate by doing a giveaway. If you've been wondering about Halo Skincare, here's your opportunity to win the trial kit. All you have to do is subscribe to Chapters of Motherhood podcast, follow me on Instagram at Chapters of Motherhood, write a review on Apple Podcast, Podbean, or CastBox, and take a screenshot of it and post it on your Instagram and tag me to be entered in the giveaway. The Halo Skincare trial kit includes the cleanser, the firming toner, the glycolic miracle mix, the EGF rejuvenation serum, and the EGF renewal cream. I'll be accepting entries from October 9th, 2019 to November 6th, 2019. So you have four weeks, actually three weeks from today to enter, and I will randomly select a winner on Instagram Live. So that date and time will be announced later. Now for the topic of today's episode. I'm sure you know what a mama bear is, but in case you don't, the Urban Dictionary definition of a mama bear is a mom who can be cuddly and lovable, but also has a ferocious side when it's necessary to protect her cubs. So basically a mom who is extremely protective of her child or children. I have several stories, um, several I forgot. I'm sure you do as well. But these are just the ones that I can remember and that just stick to my mind. So the first time that I remember going mama bear was when Adam was only about a year and a half old. 
I was hosting a party and it was, you know, mostly family and very close friends. And I was told by one of my little cousins that Adam was in trouble. And it turns out that I guess he was playing with another little boy toddler. And he, you know, at one and a half years old, you know what they do, right? So he apparently had hit this other toddler and his older brothers were actually trying to beat up Adam. You know, they were the same age and they were playing. And I guess, you know, one way or another, they fought over a toy. Adam hit him and the little boy started crying. And these older kids were, um, I think they had to have been about between 12 and 13 years old, the oldest. And then the rest were a little bit younger, like, you know, 11 and, you know, um, nine and whatever. But it was a group of them that wanted to get their revenge and beat up Adam. And not only the brothers, but they had, you know, um, other friends that were around the same age that were also trying to beat him up. And I remember seeing them trying to coax him into going into the side, this dark little um, side of the house. And they were trying to get him away from the party and trying to get him towards the front of the house where nobody could see so that they can, you know, beat him up. And I watched as they were trying to do that. And I went, I got my son and I picked him up and I went straight to yell at these boys. And the 12-year-old tried to defend his position by saying, you know, Adam had hurt his brother and he was going to get payback. And I yelled at him and I told him that if he tried, I would beat him up myself. And I dared him to tell his mom and dad. But I went straight to them and I told them what was going on and they were shocked. And they were telling me that, oh, you know, their kids would never do that. And I'm ex- and I'm exaggerating. I'm crazy to think that, you know, any any one of their kids were going to beat up a baby. But in my defense, I had just seen something like this happen in England where a two like 12 year olds or 11, 11 or 12 year olds had lured a three year old out of the mall and beat him up by the train tracks and beat him to death. So that was during that time. And so. I didn't think that I was exaggerating, I, especially since I saw that they were trying to lure them. And then the 12-year-old was telling me that my son hit his brother and he was going to get payback. So no, I was not exaggerating. I was not crazy. And I was doing what I needed to do to defend my baby because he was only a year and a half years old. So I wasn't going to take any chances of not believing it. Okay, for this next story, um, I have to give you a little back story for it. So when I was a little girl, this was a long time ago, when I was a little girl, there was this man that um, he became friends with my family. He became like part of the family friend, um, especially with my parents. And he was just always around. He was just always around. And as the years went by, he would just come around more and more. And the weird thing is that nobody was really comfortable with him there. Like there was just something about him. We didn't know what it was, you know, the adults. And they just didn't feel all that comfortable with him. But he just kept coming around. He even got my parents to baptize him. And that was one of their reasonings why they felt like, oh, okay, you know, he's part of the family. He can come around. Also, just to let you know, we always had kids around. There was always kids. You know, it was us three, you know, my two brothers and myself. And then my aunt had six kids that were always around. And then those kids had kids. So for some reason, we just always had kids at my house, always. Now, like I said, nobody really felt comfortable around him, but, you know, he was a family friend. He was part of um, all our gatherings and holidays and things like that. And nobody said anything because, you know, they they were very welcoming, right? You know, that's what Jesus would do. You're very welcoming. You don't 
turn away somebody during holidays, right? The point that I'm trying to make is that this man gave everybody the heebie-jeebies, but nobody really knew why. And my grandma knew, like, there was just something that she knew that he couldn't be trusted and she would always stare at him. And so she knew something was wrong. Okay, so that's my backstory now. Back to when Adam was about eight years old. Leah was five. This was back in 2001. One of my cousins had gone to some appointment. This, this She's an adult. And she had gone to some appointment to run some type of errand. And she ran into this man. And, you know, politely said hi, bye, whatever. And the other people that were there asked her, how do you know him? And she told him, oh, you know, he's a family friend. And she, and she was told immediately, stay away from him. And they told her immediately, don't trust him, stay away from him, especially around boys. Don't trust him with boys. He's a pedophile. And he's been in jail for it. So don't trust him. So when she heard that, she immediately told my parents and she told her mom and she, you know, she started telling people. So when I heard about it, I went nuts. I was living with my parents at the time and I was in school day and night. And I relied on my parents a lot to babysit for me while I was in school. And their only answer was, okay, we won't leave him alone with the kids from now on. And I was like, what? Are you, are you kidding? Like, we can't have him come around anymore. And so I just basically put my foot down and said, you know, he's not, he's not ever allowed to come over here anymore. I got little kids and, you know, I got a little boy and that's it. He's always here. He's making everybody uncomfortable and he's just not allowed to come back anymore. And I actually got a little pushback from that saying that, you know, that's not Christian of us. He doesn't have anybody. Maybe it's not true. All kinds of excuses, right? Like, well, maybe it's not true. We don't know if it's true. And so I just turned to Adam and I said, listen, Adam, never, ever open the door for this man ever again. Okay. If he comes near you, never go with him anywhere. If you see him, never go anywhere with him. Like never, ever let him come in ever. So a few days later, he came, he came knocking on the door and I was in school and I don't know where my parents were, but Adam happened to be home with my brothers. And when this man came knocking on the door, Adam opened the door and then he quickly remembered what I had told him and he immediately slammed the door shut in his face. And he said, my mom said that you're not allowed to come here. So go away. And at this time, my brothers were, you know, they were laughing. They were home with him and they were just laughing, laughing. They thought it was the funniest thing that Adam shut the door on him. And anyways, he was telling him, hey, Adam, it's me. It's okay. Let me in. And at that point, my brother stood up and said, listen, you know, my parents aren't home. And since you're here to visit them and they're not here, you can't come in. And he didn't even ask anything, anything about what Adam said about my mom said you can't come in. He just said, okay, and left. So after that, when I found out, I became more angry and more paranoid. And I told my parents that this man wasn't allowed to come over, period. And definitely not for Thanksgiving, which was right around the corner at that time. And they thought that I was being dramatic and I was being extreme. But with all that fear that I had in me, I threatened my parents and I told them, it's either me or him. I will move out if you're allowing him to come over. If he comes for Thanksgiving and if he comes to just hang out, I will pick up my kids and I will move out. And that was a big threat for them, right? Because they wanted me there. They wanted the kids there. 
But that's all I had. So I did. I made that threat. I said, you know, I would move out within the week if they didn't call him and tell him that he was no longer welcome over for any holidays, including Thanksgiving. And they agreed. They said, okay, you know, if it means that much to you, if you're that scared, we're going to tell him not to come over. And within the hour, he had actually called. He actually called to say, oh, Adam didn't let me in you know, basically to complain and to tell him that it would be okay for him to come over whenever he wanted. And so at that point, that's when my dad started to tell him, you know, the reason why you're not allowed to come over here anymore is because we've been hearing some bad stuff about you. And Veronica just doesn't want you to come over anymore. And that includes Thanksgiving and the holidays or anything. And as my dad told him this, his only response was, who makes the rules? You or her? And my dad was like, well, my wife makes the rules. And my wife told me that you can't be trusted around kids. And then he tried to manipulate him and lie about, I don't even know what, but he was trying to manipulate him and, and say, oh, that's not very Christian about you. You know, how are you not, how are you going to, um, some, I don't know what he was saying, but he was being, he was trying to manipulate and he was trying to lie. And then my dad said, if it's between you and her, you lose because I'm choosing my daughter over you. And then he hung up. And so when he hung up, we all started talking about him. We're like, why didn't he ask what's being said about me? Why didn't he ask why is she upset? You know, why didn't he say that's not true? Whatever you're hearing isn't true. Like he didn't try to defend himself. He didn't even ask what it was about. He immediately started trying to manipulate him like, oh, you've known me for so long. Um, I'm part of your family. You baptized me. He started to manipulate. And my dad like immediately saw through it. And so did my mom because my mom was listening on the other side. And they were at that point, they were like very suspicious at that point saying, why isn't he defending himself or even asking what is being said about me? So after that call, I felt relieved. I thought, okay, you know, they're on my side. They're not going to let him come over anymore. I don't have to worry about it. You know, I can continue living here and I can continue going to day and night school and trying to get my degree. Well, on Thanksgiving, this man showed up and my brother ran inside and told me and he's like, Veronica, he's here. And I'm like, you're kidding. He goes, no, he's here and he's carrying a pumpkin pie. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, and at that point, I'm like, okay, we had the whole house full family driving from miles away came to Thanksgiving with us. And I'm thinking, you know, it's put up or shut up, right? Like, I cannot let him come in, even though he was told that he wasn't allowed here. I can't just let him walk in with his pumpkin pie. So I walked right out. He barely made it past the gate. He barely made it into the garage because at the time we have... um a pool table in the garage and all the men were outside playing pool and they were greeting him because I guess they didn't know. And when he walked in, I looked at him and I told him, "Um, I know you were told by my dad that you weren't welcomed and that you're not invited for this Thanksgiving. And he was like, oh, well, I want to talk to your dad about it. I go, no, you don't need to talk to my dad about it. You can talk to me about it because my dad was standing right behind me anyway. And My dad didn't really say much other than, yeah, you know, I told you that you weren't welcome this year. And so anyways, it was a big scandal. I pretty much kicked him out in front of everybody. And he left. And I told him, you can take your pie with you, too. And he left. And it was Thanksgiving. And you wouldn't believe that I got criticized by everybody there. 
Like everybody was like, Veronica, why did you do that? It's Thanksgiving. You don't kick people out on holidays, especially a holiday like this. Well, what did he do? You know, and they, they started asking me like, what's going on? Like, how could you do that? My aunt actually told me, now you made him mad. Now he's going to come after your son. And I was like, no, he's not. Now he's going to know that he can't come after any of us because we're aware. And so all the criticism that I got during that day, I just threw it right back at them where it was like, you know, if you want to sacrifice your son, be my guest, but I'm not sacrificing mine. And he lives here. And this is where this man is coming. And I just put my foot down and that was it. I I didn't care that I kicked him out on Thanksgiving. I didn't care that I did it in front of everybody. I didn't care that everybody criticized me over it. It didn't matter to me. Now, a week later, he called my mom threatening her saying, oh, I know some things about you too, which was all lies, manipulation and lies. And he's like saying, I know people from your little town in Mexico, and they're talking this and they're saying that. And if you don't talk to your husband and let me come back, then I'm going to tell your husband everything. And my mom was like, tell him he knows everything. Like what you're saying are made up lies and you're trying to manipulate me. And now I know why. And she, she even told him, why aren't you defending yourself? Why aren't you asking what is people, what are people talking about? Like, why are you being accused? You're not even asking anything. And then she finally, she hung up on him pretty much saying that, you know, she believes the rumors because he's not defending himself. And instead, he's trying to threaten her in order for him to come back into the folds of our family. So it's been 18 years. And honestly, we're way better off without him. Like, what do we need him there for? Nobody was comfortable with him and nobody said anything. And it took me at 26 years old to say something, but he had already been around our family. At that point, I would have to say at least 10 years, at least. No, a lot longer. I was 26. No, he had been in our family. I would have to say like 15 years, at least. Mama Bear example number three, I know I'm going to be heavily criticized over this one. But you know, like I said, this was all about protecting my son. And when Adam was between the ages of six and 10, he was just picked on a lot from or by um, other boys in our family, like um, cousins. He was just getting picked on and bullied a lot. And partly because he was younger than all of them. And also because he was the only boy Versus all these cousins had brothers. So he was alone and all these cousins were brothers. And they would pick on him and they would bully him and they would hit him and they would make fun of him and they would get him crying. They would take things away from him. And I know it's just boys being boys, but I didn't like it. And I would try to tell them like, hey, please don't pick on him. You know, stop picking on him. And when I was being ignored, I went straight to their fathers, which is my uncle and my cousin to ask them to tell their kids to stop bullying my kid. And they laughed at me. They thought, you know, I mean, these are Mexican men. So they thought it was funny that, you know, me, little me, was going to them, telling them that they needed to, you know, tell their children to stop picking on my kid. So they laughed and they were telling me, you know, the kids are playing, just, you know, leave them playing. It's going to toughen him up. Don't worry about it. Well, that didn't sit well with me because it was my kid getting hit. It was my kid crying. So because I didn't get the help that I was asking for, I told the kids to not pick on my son. And these kids were willfully disrespectful. They started talking back and they started teasing me even, taunting me, saying, you know, saying things like, you know, my dad doesn't care. I can do whatever I want. 
Uh, what are you going to do about it? You can't do anything to me about it. And, you know, they were taunting me. So I got mad. And now this is between the ages of 23 and 26. I was between 23, maybe 27. So I was young and feisty and I was angry and I wasn't going to take it from these little boys that I used to babysit and change their diapers. So I got really angry and I started chasing them. And if I caught them, I would spank them. And if not, I got the water hose and I started spraying them down every time they got close to me or Adam. And when I say I got the water hose, I mean like I sprayed them down with water in November. And I didn't care because they were picking on my kid and they weren't listening and they weren't being respectful. And so finally, after that, my cousin came to me and he was upset and told me, you shouldn't have been, you know, doing that. You shouldn't wet my kids. And I told him, well, I did it because you wouldn't correct your child or your children. And when I came to you, you didn't help me. So I will continue to do it until or unless they apologize for being rude to me and they promise not to bully my kid anymore. And eventually they did. They apologized and they promised that they wouldn't bully him anymore. And I never had to deal with something like that from them again because at that point, Adam was getting older. He started fighting back. But more than anything, they were afraid of the Veronica. They didn't want to deal with me. And like I said, I know I'm going to be criticized for that because I was criticized for it back then. I'm sure I'm going to get it again today. But that's what I had to do to protect my kid. And that's it. No apologies. Did you know that Friendly Family CBD also offers a skincare line and a hair care line? Now, with some pregnancies, we experience a lot of hair loss after delivery, right? And with age, some of us are experiencing thinning hair as well. This hair care line is a game changer. The products do have a 60-day money-back guarantee, so there's really nothing to lose except more hair if you don't give it a try. For more information, click on the website link in the show notes. Now back to our show. Now this next story was when Leah was being bullied and there's been so many um, stories or so many incidents that I just don't remember them all, but I do remember these two. She was in middle school um, between the ages of, I would have to say between 12 and 13. And she was in middle school, and um, I don't remember which happened first, but I'll just get into this one. So this was back in, I think, 2010, 2011, and I allowed her to have a Facebook account for the first time. And I knew the password, and I was monitoring it for her as well. And so we were friends, obviously, and, you know, I knew the password. So I was, I was checking up on her a lot, and I had all the safety features put into the Facebook account. And so I trusted her with it. Well, she decided for some reason that she shared her password with a friend. I don't know why. Next thing I know, um, her Facebook account got hacked. And someone posted on her status a very bad and nasty post. And they changed her password. So not too long after, I started getting phone calls um, asking me, did you see what Leah posted? And I looked at it and I was like, oh, my God. And it was something very bad, very nasty for, you know, a 12-year-old to write. 
And so I started calling her and asking her, like, what is this? What's going on? She's like, I don't know what happened. Somebody hacked into my Facebook. Um, the password's changed. I can't even get into it. Can't change it. And she, she couldn't even get into it herself. And so I had to retrieve the password or not retrieve it, but, you know, change the password immediately. I deleted that posting and I needed to talk to her about like what happened. And so she told me that her friend had shared her password with some other girl that she was having problems with that was bullying her in the past. And he shared the password with her and that this girl that not only did she not go to school with her anymore. She had moved to a totally different state, but she was still trying to bully my daughter. And so she got a hold of her account and changed, you know, the password and, you know, put up that nasty post. Well, when I found out, I called the school immediately. At that point, I didn't really know that she had moved the school. She had moved the state and not gone to that school anymore. I thought she was still there. So I had called the school and I started telling them, you know, what happened and they basically told me, oh, there's nothing we can do about that because that didn't happen on school grounds. And I'm like, excuse me, this happened between students in your class, in, in your school, and a student that was there not that long ago. She had just moved maybe about a month ago. And they're like, well, sorry, there's nothing we can do. I go, look, she's been bullied and I've been trying to talk to you about it and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, I don't really remember everything that I said. All I remember is that it made me so angry when they said, well, we can't do anything about it. That I threatened the school and I said, you know what, I bet if I called ABC News and told them how zero tolerance for bullying is going, I'm pretty sure that they would be interested and you would make time to talk to them, wouldn't you? So when I threatened them, they got kind of scared and they're like, okay, Leah's mom, give us just a few minutes. And so they hung up. Literally five minutes later, I time stamped it and everything. Five minutes later, they had my daughter in the principal's office. They had her friend and then some other little kid that was, I guess, involved as well. So they had all the three kids in school and they told me, well, you know, this other girl, she moved out of state. She's not even, not only she's not in our school, but she's moved out of state. So there's nothing we can do about her um, other than to try to put in a call on her parents. And then I guess that boy that had shared the password with her had told her, you know, hey, we're getting in trouble over here because of you. And I don't know what ended up happening, but they fixed the situation within five minutes. So when in doubt, threatened to call the news because the school will respond to that. So another thing that happened with Leah, I believe it was in the same school. I'm not sure if it was this school or a different middle school, but I believe it was the same school that she was having a problem with a janitor. And there was this janitor that just kept um, checking up on her and telling her to go to him so he could talk to her and, and try to like reprimand her about things that she should and shouldn't do. And I don't know. He was just like really looking out for her and had gotten her in trouble a couple of times. And so she told me about it. So I called up the school and I told the school, like, is the janitor allowed to reprimand students? Is he allowed to um, get them into trouble? Like, what, what is this janitor doing? Like, why is he so interested in my daughter? And they were like, oh, no, no, you know, janitors aren't supposed to say anything to anybody. You know, if anything, they can tell uh, the staff. And the counselor's here if there's a problem. And, you know, my daughter's a good girl. Like, she's very quiet. She's very um, shy back then. Painfully shy. Painfully shy. So I didn't understand why this janitor was so interested in what she was doing or what she wasn't doing. Mostly he was, like, trying to get her into trouble, which I didn't understand. 
So when I made my first call to the school, they told me, okay, don't worry about it. You know, he's not allowed. We've already spoken to him, blah, 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 whatever. Next thing I know, she tells me she borrowed a phone from somebody else and she called me and told me immediately and said, mom, the janitor told the staff that I was on my phone all the time and he made them take my phone away from me. And this school had a three warning policy uh, regarding cell phones. This was, like I said, back in 2011. Not everybody had uh, cell phones back then, or everybody was starting to get them, that is, at that point. And well, anyways, they had um, this policy, if you got caught on your cell phone three times, after the third time, they would take it away and keep it until the end of the school year. Well, I have a big problem with that, because I believe that if the child has a cell phone, it benefits me in three ways. Number one, they can always call for help if they're in trouble. Number two, I can always get in, in contact with them if I need to. Um, number three, there's a tracking device. So I need to know where my daughter is and I track it. And also not to mention cell phones back then and now cell phones period are expensive and I'm not going to have it sitting in a drawer for nine months out of the year. Are you kidding me? Like, no, I wasn't going to have that. And to top it off, like, why is he so worried about her being on her cell phone that he has to take it away from her? You know? And this was in between classes. It wasn't like she was in class. It wasn't a, a teacher that she wasn't listening to and she was in class. She was, you know, I don't know what she, what she was doing with it during recess, maybe looking something up. I don't know, texting something. I don't know. But he took it away. So at that point, I went straight into the principal's office and started telling them, like, I am extremely worried as to why he's taking away her lifeline. Like, why is he so interested if she was on her phone in the bathroom or if she was on her phone walking from one class to another class? Why is that a problem? Or if it's during recess, why is that a problem? And so I had a big fit about it. And they told me their policy. And I told them, I don't care what your policy is. This is about safety. I need her to have her phone so that I can talk to her. And I made such a big deal that they just gave the phone back. And and they gave her the warning, like, if we see you with it, and I'm like, if you see her with it, be assured that she's probably contacting me. And so I didn't even let them finish their threat. But honestly, like, I don't know, am I thinking wrong with all these shootings at schools and all these pedophiles at schools and, and everything that can go wrong when your child's not with you? And if you have a cell phone to give them and that's their lifeline so that they can call for help or call for you, don't take that away from my kid. If I decided that that's what she needs, then I'm the one who's going to decide when I need to take it away. But for some weirdo janitor that wants to make sure she doesn't have her cell phone, that did not sit well with me. Now, like I said, I can't really recall all the times that I've been a mama bear, but this next one is the most recent and probably the most ferocious one on my part. Um, I do have to warn you that I do curse a lot during this confrontation, but I want to be as real as possible with retelling my story. And this is how it happens. So, you know, just be warned, there's a lot of cussing in this next one. So this was recently, this was back in August this year before school. And before school started this year, I had decided that I was going to get Sophia and Grace their haircut. Sophia wanted um, a drastic change. She wanted to cut 10 inches for a bob cut. And this was going to be Gracie's first haircut ever. So we were really excited at this haircut adventure. And also I need to add in that this was um, the first time 
after having my heart attack that I felt well enough to take the girls out on my own. So when I pulled into the parking spot of the salon, the area where the salon was, I knew that the parking lot was a little busy. And so I told Sophia, you know, be careful when you get down because the parking lot's pretty busy. And, you know, she was going to help me get Emily out of the car and I was getting Grace out of the car. Um, just for reference points, uh, Sophia's nine, Emily's five, and Grace was about to turn three. So I had just recently started letting Sophia get in and out of the car on her own and helping with Emily. And usually what they do when they get out of the car and I'm getting Grace, they usually walk towards the front of the van around towards me so that they don't walk behind the van. And so when she got down, she looked around. She knew nobody was there. She started getting her sister down. And out of nowhere, well, not out of nowhere, there was this girl that was waiting for a parking spot. And she immediately started pulling in. And as she pulled in, and I could see it happening because the doors were, you know, these automatic doors, they were still open and I was still getting Gracie out. And I saw her starting to pull in and Sophia and Emily panicked. Like they got so scared, they got panicked because that had never happened. Sophia tried to get Emily to follow her towards the front of the car, but Emily got confused and she jumped into the van. But before she had jumped in, she had pressed the button to the automatic doors to shut. So when she jumped in, the door actually hit Emily on the shoulder, but the sensor works. So the sensor opened the door again. Otherwise, it would have been really bad had the sensor not worked. She would have gotten hurt really bad. Well, Emily jumped back in. Sophia was kind of like standing, like not knowing what to do. And I was in the middle of getting Grace out. And then they opened the door again. Actually, because the door hit Emily, it opened again. And so Sophia kind of got a hold of Emily. And the girl just kept parking. She just moved her car in and parked. Well, at that point, I already had Grace on my hip. And I had already closed the door, too. And I went around to get the girls. And I started to yell at the girl in the car. And all I said was, you know, the least you could have done was to wait until my kids were out of the way. And then as I started getting really angry, I, I started calming myself down. I thought, okay, you know, the girls are right here. I don't want to scare them. Calm down, calm down. And so I got my girls and I started walking towards the salon. And so they were scared. And I told them, no, you know what? It's not your fault. You know, she was inconsiderate. She didn't look what she was doing. She should have waited for you guys to be out of the way. You didn't do anything wrong. It's okay. You know, I'm really angry, but not at you. I'm angry at her. You guys are fine. So I walk into the salon and as I'm checking in, one of the girls there, uh, one of the hairstylists was checking me in and I started giving her, you know, our information and in walks that girl from the parking lot. And I noticed her and she goes straight to the front. She checks into the computer. She's clocking in. She does, she does it really quickly. And I noticed her and I, and I told the other stylist, I told her, oh, you know what? I'm sorry. Wait. And I turned to, the, to that girl and I said, you know what? The least that you could have done was to wait until my children were out of the way before you pulled into that parking spot. And she smirked at me. She smirked at me and she went, I wasn't going to go in, but, and I'm like, but you did, you did go in and you scared my children. You scared them so badly that my daughter jumped in and got hit by the door. And then she was like, she started arguing like, oh, well, I was gonna, I don't know what she started saying. She was about to start arguing and, and I got really mad and I started yelling something about like, oh, I'm not going to go in 
And I'm like, but you did go in. You did. And you didn't even apologize. And I'm like, you know what? And I turned back to the stylist that was checking me. And I said, you know what? I'm sorry. I didn't come in here to start a fight. I didn't come in here to cause a scene. I'm just going to take my girl somewhere else. And at that point, the lobby was full. Every every chair had a, a person in it. And so was the stylish chairs. Every chair had a person in it as well. And I was just so angry. And so I just got my kids and I walked out and I was like, okay, calm down, calm down, calm down. So that's the second time that I'm trying to avoid the confrontation. So I get the girls in the car. Sophia's helping Emily click in her seatbelt and then she's getting in the car and I'm clicking in Gracie in her car seat. When I hear somebody from behind me saying, excuse me, excuse me, and I turn around and it's the same girl, the same parking lot girl followed me out to my car. And so I turn around expecting an apology. And instead, she tells me, I don't think what you did back there was very cool. And at that point, I had lost it already. And the doors were closing on the girls. And I lost it. And I turned around. And I said, you know what? I don't give a fuck what you think. I don't think it was very cool that you didn't let my kids get out of the way before you pulled into the parking spot. And she's like, but I wasn't going, I go, but you did, you fucking did. And you scared my kid. And, and I started just cussing at her. And I, I'm so upset that I don't even remember everything that I was saying. But um, at that point, I was cussing. And I was saying, um, oh, that's what I said. I said, you're not even coming out here to apologize to me. You know, you're coming out here to confront me. So then I said, you know what, that's it. So I didn't want to argue with her. I opened the door. I turned on the car because it was hot. It was August. So I turned on the car. I turned on the air full blast and I was starting to get in. And she said something like, you shouldn't have let them out by themselves. And I lost it at that point. I was like, fuck you. And I opened the door and the <laughs> I opened the door because I was getting in and my hair flew up and the door was between us. And before I can close the door, no, she she said, she said, fuck you to me. Oh my gosh, how does the story go? She she followed me out and and I told her, I don't think it was cool what you did back there. And then she tried to argue with me and I got in the car. And so anyways, yeah, one way or another, she said, fuck you. And I opened the door and I started like yelling at her. And as I was going to shut the door, I saw Sophia closing her eyes and putting her hands over her ears and saying, it's okay, Emily. It's okay. It's okay, Emily. It's okay. Just close your eyes. And that was the one thing that I was trying to avoid. I was trying to avoid not fighting in front of them. And so when I saw that, and I was just, I was ready to pounce on this girl. But when I saw my daughters scared, I just shut the door. I got back in the car and I drove off. Anyway, at that point, I was just so upset that I tried to call my husband. And he was just at the point where he was upset, like, you know, why did you let them out on their own? I'm like, are you kidding me? Do you did you hear what just happened? Like she started she confronted me and she started a fight with me. And I all I kept trying to do was leave. And so at that point, I decided that this mama bear needed her mama bear. And I drove all the way back home to my mom, which was um, we're an hour and a half away from my mom. (laughs) And I drove all the way there unexpectedly and cried in my mom's arms and told her all about it. And I was just and I had just had it. And now remember, I had just had a heart attack six weeks prior. So she was worried about my health. Anyways, after she calmed me down, I did take the girls to, you know, supercuts or whatever and got their hair cut. And they were very happy about it. But my point that I'm making is that there are times when this 
mama bear comes up inside of you and you do become ferocious in order to protect your children. And it's happened to me several times. These are just the ones that, you know, are the most recent. These are the ones that, you know, are sticking to my mind. I know that Leah had told me about another one that I just don't even remember. I'm like, I don't even remember that one. But um, she knew that I was there to defend her. These girls know that I'm there to defend them. You know, Adam knew that I was there to defend him. And I will always choose my children over anybody and everybody. There's not anybody that I'm going to be like, oh, no, let me put their needs first. No, I don't put my needs first. I don't put my husband's needs first. I don't put anybody's needs first. My first priority are my kids, always. And I know that this isn't going to be my last mama bear experience. Um, I know I'm going to lose it eventually, again, some other time for some other reason, but just as important because it's always going to be in order to protect my children. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, share it with a mom friend. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to Chapters of Motherhood podcast. You can rate and review on Apple Podcast. You can leave me a voicemail message on Anchor FM. Also, make sure to follow me on Instagram at Chapters of Motherhood or Twitter at Mother Podcaster. Thank you so much for listening. I am your host, Veronica. Tune in each week to find your chapter of motherhood.